0: So on today's podcast, I have on Logan Stark from Black Rifle Coffee Company. So I really enjoyed getting to have this in-depth conversation with Logan. Uh, uh, so knowledgeable, he's been at Black Rifle Coffee Company since the very beginning, and and really we dive into finding our passion and, and purpose in life and how when we chase our passion, you know, it makes for this fulfilling, happy life and this... Um, this great journey. And so I really enjoyed talking to Logan and uh, hope you guys enjoy it too. I want to thank our sponsors for today's show. I'd like to thank Black Rifle Coffee Company. Uh, this is such a great company. Uh, I love all their roasts and I'm part of their coffee subscription. So every month I get a couple bags in the mail and their new roasts every month. They're always good. And then I just don't have to worry about stopping by the grocery store to pay for overpriced coffee like uh, uh this coffee not only is a good price point but it's just the best coffee out there. I have yet to get a roast that I don't absolutely love. So make sure to check out their coffee subscription uh and it's one of the best things you can give for Christmas as well. And then they have a, a bunch of other coffee that they offer there. So uh, if you find a, a roast that you really like, you can pick up more of that. Uh, I use their instant coffee for all my backpacking trips. Their instant coffee is actual freeze-dried coffee, so it doesn't hurt my gut. It tastes really good. Uh, it's perfect for backcountry hunting. So make sure to check that out. And uh, just a great company that I like to support as well. Uh, and, and you'll hear that on the podcast too. Uh, it's just so nice to to see a company that gives back to the hunting industry, gives back to the outdoors, gives back to military. So uh, make sure to go support them if you can. Black Rifle Coffee Company. I'd also like to thank Stone Glacier. Man, I'm so pumped to... To, to have this partnership with Stone Glacier. I just love this company. I love all the gear that they create. I love their employees and, and uh, how hard they work, how good hunters they are. Like They're the same as us. They just live in uh, this this passionate life, chasing the outdoors, and they're hunting the same country that we are, the same public lands, the same draws and uh, the guys over there are just animals. I, I really like a bunch of those guys over there, and I really like their gear. Uh, Their gear is created from a place of use like these guys are hunting the backcountry and so they just have the best most well thought out gear so I love their sleep systems I'm using their sleeping bag they have a zero degree Chilicoot and a 15 degree Uh, I use the 15 degree for most of my applications they also have a 30 degree blanket. So I've tried this out. It works really good in early season, like the early season Nevada, Utah hunts, early season scouting, and then just ultra lightweight, uh, just great performance. And I noticed that these bags that they sell, uh, you can, you can use them right down to the uh, temperature rating. So a lot of bags, you have to add 10 degrees. I mean, their 15 degree bag is good to 15 degrees. So, um, Really pumped at their gear. They also have great uh, tents on there. So I've been using the Sky Air Ultra, which is a modular system that you can add components to. So you can add a a floor to it. You can add a vestibule. And uh, I use this for all my early season hunts into September. It's just like the lightest bivvy tent that you can get. Great shelter. So really pumped on the Sky Air Ultra. Uh, They also have the Skyscraper 2-person. I end up using this a bunch as well. Uh, it's a four-season, two-person tent, and all split weight, and can use it with a buddy uh, and have just this great bomb-proof tent. Uh, I use it a lot for truck camping as well. So truck camping when it's going to rain, I'll set up this tent and use it as a base camp that way, as it's just a bomb-proof shelter. And I remember uh, Remy used this in New Zealand, and um, had great success and good room in it as well, and so I'll probably use it the next time I go over there. You just uh, you come across such gnarly weather over there, uh, gnarly winds that can blow 100 miles an hour, and gnarly rainstorms and sleet and such where it can pour for days on end. I think we spent a couple days in the tent uh, while we were hunting there as it was just nasty, fogged-in, rainy weather. So, um, yeah, that Skyscraper 2-person is a bomb-proof four-season tent. So uh, check out that and everything those guys are doing over there at Stone Glacier. It's a great company. I'd also like to thank Black Ovis. So Black Ovis is an internet retail shop. They have absolutely everything you need. Uh, As a hunter going on these adventure hunts, you can find it there. They carry all the top name brands as well as their own brand, which is a quality brand. I've seen a couple pieces of gear that are Black Ovis name brand that are high quality, so you can check those out. Uh, They uh, are all hunters themselves. They have a knowledgeable staff, so you can call in there and uh, get down to the bottom of what you're buying or what you need for an upcoming trip. Um, So if you're in the market for any new gear this season, make sure to check them out over at BlackOvis.com. Also, make sure to check out Fire. Camo Fire, the most addictive app for us hunters and outdoorsmen. Uh, they have 80 new hunting deals that come up every 24 hours. Uh, you can save a pile of money on great gear. Uh, like I say, uh, my good buddies, uh, uh, Dan Hevern and Dylan Ness. Uh, Dylan Ness is coming up on the podcast. Dan Hevern will be over at my house tonight. He's helping me plumb my new house. So I'm going to make sure to get him on a recording as well. Uh, yeah, so uh, uh, really good buddies. They use this Camo Fire and pick up deals. So it's so funny when they had matching uh, goose down booties. Uh, but I was a little jealous as it was freezing cold and they looked really comfortable. So uh, they they look on this app and pick up some great deals on there. So uh, make sure to check it out. Uh, you can download the app on your phone and get all these new hunting deals that come up each and every day. So um, Camo Fire thanks again for their support with that over at Eastman's we've got the mule deer school um it's doing really well I'm getting good reviews on it and guys are really short in their learning curve uh in a short amount of time there's over 100 videos on it it's me guy Eastman Dan Bacar uh Dan Bacar I need to get back on the podcast he had a great season this year um but uh yeah we we put our heart and souls in absolutely everything we know about hunting mule deer in there so um Man, it's uh, it, it's been such like finding mule deer hunting for me has just been amazing, like all the different places it takes me, the adventures it takes me on. And so uh, I try to give out all that information that I've learned throughout the year so you can check that out. Check out our Beyond the Grid. It's our internet TV show. Uh, I had that late season hunt that dropped on there. Uh, It's like hunting the the prairie or um, badlands and uh, backpack style hunt, uh, archery. Uh, It's like pre-rut coming into rut action. Um, Really fun hunt to capture. Turned out really well. So you can go check that out at Beyond the Grid. Also check us out on the outdoor channel, Eastman's Hunting TV. Uh, We're getting into tag season. Uh, Make sure to check out our um, internet research tool on TagHub. They do a bunch of giveaways as far as hunts on there and gear on there. And also great information to sort through as we're coming into the draws and the application season of trying to get some tags and some adventures for next season. So uh, it's a tool and a resource you can use, Eastman's TagHub. And uh, they also have some bundles, you know, with the, the magazine or um, well, with, uh, 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 the Eastman's, um, mule deer school and things of that nature. So you can check out the bundles. You can check it all out at eastmans.com. Just search mule deer school. That'll come up. You can search, um, uh, Eastman's tag hub. That'll come up and, um, also support the magazines Eastman's bow hunting journal, Eastman's hunting journal. So, with that, let's get into this podcast with Logan Stark from Black Rifle Coffee Company. Man, do I love these guys' coffee and uh, also love uh, their their business and um, the guys involved in it. And um, man, really excited to get to meet Logan and sit down for a podcast with him. Hope you guys enjoy it. Here we go. Eastman's Elevated. I'm your host, Brian Barney. Let's get it started off. Yeah, I um, yeah, I like to follow keep it simple, stupid. So it's like, okay, it's not working on the internet. Let's just go to the app where it works. Like that'll be perfect.
1: Yeah, you know that's uh, that tickles my heart. As um, the, <laughs> the old kiss principle was something that came up uh, almost on a daily basis in the Marine Corps, and I. I attribute a lot to that mentality. Old Occam's razor, so to speak.
0: (laughs) Uh, It's so true, isn't it? Like we can overthink the world, whatever it is in business or in life, but it is like if you just live by that motto, keep it simple, like just do what you know, learn what you have to learn, but you just try not to overcomplicate it too much.
1: Yeah, I mean, you think about just the potential of the amount of options and decisions and directions that we could go now it has never been this case before in history that we know of to where you've got all of these technological solutions you've got all these uh, places that you could go and things that you could see um, that we've had to be able to funnel it down and like really nail down what's important to, to how we're doing our lives you know
0: and that is it. Like, we do have to do an assessment uh, of our lives and our direction and where we're headed and make changes as we go. Like, I, I don't know, just the human species or me in general, I just, like, um, continue to get better at things the longer I do. Like, experience is the best teacher, and that goes, you know, for for parenting for work for bow hunting like whatever we're talking about you know it just seems like the longer you do it if you pay attention and assess it you can get better at it like you can just always improve at life like being a student of the game it seems
1: yeah i think if you just remember that that one thing that it just takes a while to get good at stuff um you can you can figure out whatever you want to do because like at the end of the day you know, if we don't have passion behind what we're doing, we're going to be miserable. And so, you know, figure out what your passion is. Do it enough times to where you can get really good at it and see if that can give you the good path.
0: Man, that's it. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, it sure seems like you're having fun in life. Like, you guys are killing it over there at, at BRCC. It seems like a a really fun company to be involved in. You've been involved since the very start, right?
1: Yeah, I have. I, it was... Like, actually, the first kind of opportunity that I had after I went to Michigan State after I got out of the Marine Corps. uh, And it was really after meeting Evan, the only opportunity that I really had, I just grabbed onto it right away Um, and have been chips in with with Black Rival ever since. And, you know, a big part of that is, um, you know, how quickly everything has changed in the media space and how we can live our lives. Now Uh, it was coming out of the military. You know, it was the interesting times. It was for me, it was 2010, 2011 where my last days in the military. And, you know, we were on GoPro two and three and we had, we were in this really weird time where we were able to record all this stuff on the battlefield. And then, you know, coming out into 14, 15, 16, seeing this giant boom of social media and really now everybody's using it. Right. But it was really the case when it really cemented in during those years that everybody is using these platforms. Now this is going to be a big part of our life for the next eight years. All right, let's figure out how to do it and do it well. And for black rifle, you know, again, I feel like the kiss principle is going to keep coming up, but it really was, it was, what do we want to see? That was, was always the founding principle behind what we were doing and you know what decisions we decided to make when it came to midi like we just did what we would want to see and focused on the things that we would want to focus on uh, and how we would want to have things on. and it you let the audience resonate with those things and if they do it it works and you grow and if if not you got to shift and figure out what does but fortunately um, it always seemed like what we were putting out into the world was having a positive impact on things so you just kind of keep doing it
0: yeah well and and um killing it at all facets of the game too like it's um you know part of the reason why you guys do so well is your superior products you know it's like really good coffee and really good instant like uh, like really working and honing your craft as far as coffee and I know you know like uh, uh, Evan's such a, a coffee nut that a lot of that that knowledge comes from him but it's everybody all you guys take pride in it you know of having the best coffee but then like you say your marketing is off the hook like the uh, the, the way you guys We're we're able to make such a a, an organic reach through social media and then through just putting out really good content and yeah it seems like uh you guys are putting out the stuff that uh that i want to see or that you know if i could dream up a marketing plan it's like oh man i'd want to do that and and part of it too is you guys are so authentic like um there, there's nothing like laughing with your buddy. Like I, uh, like truly fun and joy. Like a lot of my joy comes from, from bow hunting court, but family and friends is everything to me. And to hang out with your good buddies and to like, like jackass around or make jokes or laugh real hard. Like there is nothing more fun, you know, in life for me. And it seems like that's what you guys are doing. Like you guys all really like each other and have a good time when you're hanging out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it- <clears throat> My mind goes to um you know, as far as the decisions we make and and the types of media that we decide to develop within this is um you know, sometimes it's we kinda lean in towards things that the audience that it resonates with through the audience. For example, you know, we we just released uh, shit hunters don't say not too long ago, which is <laughs> <was> hilarious. Exactly. <laughs> It's hanging out with your buddy through a video. And it was a method and means that we, you know, I think the first one we did was uh, Shit Military Doesn't Say or something like that. But, and we were like, oh, we just, we were throwing a concept at a wall. Uh, but it like really took up. People like love this idea. And I think it was because you get to see all these different perspectives or like, you see your friend in, in somebody that's in the video and, and, you know, it's like, Oh, just like fucking old, old boy used to say, you know, and, and then you see other people or you see something that reminds you of yourself and it, it gives you that kind of nostalgic feeling. And, and that's the point in the connection that we're trying to make with the customer, whether it's the content or the coffee, it's like, you know, we have pride in what we do and it doesn't matter if it's, the product we're trying to sell you, or the content that we're putting out to you at our own regard, it's we're going to take pride in, in what we're doing. And hopefully that resonates and, and makes a positive impact. And then people want to in turn create this great cycle where they purchase coffee and get to wake up every morning in a good way. Like that seems like a pretty good deal. I think it is a great deal.
0: Yeah, I do too. That uh that commercial was absolutely hilarious. And you're right, like true comedy, like there's some, some truth to it, you know? And so it does resonate with us because we do know somebody that said that or uh it, it just um how creative, man. It was um uh, it was it was one of those things that goes viral instantly. That you tag a few of your buddies, or you send them in a in a DM like, oh, check out this, you know, hey, this is this is uh, Stan or whoever, you know, or like call somebody out. But yeah, man, it was hilarious. So that's what, that's what you do there is you run uh, a lot of the content side, right?
1: Yeah, that's been the the bread and butter for for a really long time. Was was leading up the. The media department um now i'm happy to say that there's a whole bunch of people involved in that and it is a very big machine at this point and you know it's like um <clears throat> when you when you look at the the battle space of um you know anything that you're trying to accomplish or a larger mission um you're gonna need A lot of people to accomplish a mission but then you're also going to need to be like not reliant on one single person and developing a system that has the ability to scale and to involve new people i think is more valuable than you know saying oh so and so was at the reins of a lot of this stuff is that um it's really cool because it's a system now and we've got a lot of vets that weren't a part of it in the beginning that are coming in and out and contributing. And, and that to me is more rewarding than, you know, saying that like any one video is what like did really well, you know, it, it's cool to see the team grow. Cause at the end of the day, that's the most important part of the mission is, you know, hiring veterans and, and getting them good careers and livings. And uh, so that's, that's going really well. And it's awesome. That's the best part to, to see within this whole entire experience.
0: That makes sense. Yeah. That's um such great leadership. Like I'm, you know, I'm reminded or, you know, it's like a, a my job as like a, a, you know, not run the podcast and writing and filming and doing those things. But I also have a construction company that I've ran for 20 years and for a long time, it was like I wanted to do everything or, you know, like a, I'm a good carpenter and so I want to I wanna do this detailer. I've always got to be there. And what happened is, is I just as our business started to scale, uh, I, I was just taking on too much to where then I couldn't be good at those different facets of running the business or being ahead of ordering because I was trying to work or trying to be there and trying to lead. And you're right, like true leadership is to be able to train those around you to do what you do, to take yourself out of the equation a lot of times. That it that it doesn't have to be me that does this. I'm gonna I'm gonna teach this guy this craft and teach him how I want it done and then I'm gonna expect him to do it and then expect him to lead younger guys to do it. And that's what's what the great thing is, is like Uh, you've been able to, you know, between you and Evan and this vision that you guys had is, is you, you've been able to imprint that vision and that mission statement to like the, the guys you work with to where now uh, it is a whole team and they're generating different videos and it's all, you know, it, it, it's all encompassed in this vision that you guys have, man. It's beautiful.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm honored to say that. And you know, it's, in a big way, it's by design. Uh, um, and thinking about what we're kind of doing right now is interesting because um, Evan likes doing little like knowledge transfers and getting us to to think different ways about how we want to move forward in the future. And one of the books we're reading right now is Good to Great, and it's just this awesome deep dive into data and analysis on what companies have have done exceptionally well. Um, and there's a whole bunch of different, um, cases and you can see how black rifle has done well versus what the proposals they're putting forward into the book. But the, one of the main things there is this like culture of discipline and that, you know, anybody, you know, you can run a sole proprietor business by yourself and, and find a ton of success, um, but there's no way, shape, and form that you're not going to need to work with other people, and <laughs> that you're not gonna that you're going to be able to do everything that you need to do just simply by yourself. You're going to need to work with other people. That's just a hard truth of, of the whole job, and no matter what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And this uh, this crew that we have that we work together with on a regular basis, you know, you think about. These really, really successful companies having a culture of discipline to where, you know, you don't need a boss that says, uh, you know, you need to be at work by this time, but what you need is someone that's going to push you to, to go into new spaces and do new things. And I think that, honestly, the competitive nature that we all uh, have picking up and, and really allowed to to grow within this is that like, you know, there's there's always that that voice in your head and that that little guy on your shoulder that's like, you know, you all the drive you need is that you know that your your peers are working their ass off and that that's going to be enough to to put you forward and and figure out how to grow this thing on its own and it creates a really unique uh, environment and I think that it's a fun one to be in at any part in your life is, is to be a, you know, and a group of peers that are super competitive. You know, I look, I think about like, you know, growing up in Michigan, there was like, you know, the local, local pot of who's going to get the biggest whitetail that year. Mm -hmm. Um, And it, it like hones you, you prepare more, you, you think about how you're going to be successful more often when there's competition involved. And that is such a huge part of what has, driven and allow black rifle to be successful
0: yeah yeah you're right um that self-discipline is so important but yeah it's like a culture of it right it's not like a requirement or something that you can demand uh you have to build it into the culture of the the company and the surroundings and yeah that that competitive nature like um You know, I know for bow hunting, like, like there is a competitive side, you know, it's like I, you know, always through sports and I, I like to win, you know, I, uh, but, but in, in bow hunting, it's almost transformed instead of like, you know, I'm not trying to compare myself to everybody else. I'm trying to, to, to be as great as I can be. I'm trying to hone my craft or be as good a bow hunter as I can be. And just like. Like, like anything like business, you know, there's so many facets to being a good bow hunter, you know, there's this knowledge and there's uh, uh, like your stalking ability, your glassing ability, your physical fitness, uh, your mental toughness. Uh, your ability to be clutch under shots. And so, like, I've just taken it and broken it, breaking it down into all these different facets. And then, like, in the off-season, I'm I'm working to hone those. But I've worked, you know, the social media, like, there's, you can look on there every day and see another big buck or a big bull that's killed. And it, it seems like, you know, comparison is the thief of all happiness. Like, uh, like uh, once you start comparing yourself to somebody else and their accomplishments, like, that would be my down, it was, like, the wrong way to think. Like, I, I was that way when I was younger in bow hunting, but since I've realized that, you know, I want to be happy for guys that are successful, you know, and I I uh, don't want to compare myself to them. I want to be happy because, that, because I know they put in the work. I know they were clutched during that shot, and I want to cheer for, for them. I want my buddies to do well. Like, um, you yeah. know, so it's a, it's a bit of a fine line, right, between – being that you want that competitive side out in you. I think that's what gets me on the trails every day running. That's what gets me to shoot my bow. Like, I want to come out on top on the mountain for sure. That is my test. Uh, but it's also, you know, trying not to compare myself to other people. So, like, you guys at Black Rifle, I bet you're not looking at your competition it's it's almost like this drive is like within, so you are cheering on everybody, but it's a competitive nature that you want to show up with your buddies and produce a really good idea or really good video or whatever it is. So it it's almost like you guys are doing that already.
1: Yeah, you know, I've been um, I've been doing a whole bunch That's of it. these podcasts in preparation for this triple seven expedition we do, and, and it's funny some of these recurring themes keep coming up. One of those things being, um, you know, you try and explain not only why BRCC has been successful, but, you know, any any movie you might see, any, any hunt you go on that's like, it stands out in your memory as being different or that in a way it has almost this X factor. And I think we all know or have experienced something like that to where you like, I Man, this is different. This is unique. I, I really like the interaction that I get with with this thing or this experience or or this person or this situation, uh, and it almost gives a little magic to life. And in an analysis uh, and breakdown of like what that thing is, it is just tasks that you do with an extreme amount of passion and <clears throat> pursuit to them. And Getting back to what we were saying earlier, like it is always a fine line and and anything that you do, whether that be hunting or uh, work or sport or whatever is, you know, that battle of ego and and keeping everything in balance. And I think if you always just like stick to the why behind you're doing anything, like if you just constantly ask yourself that question, uh, it is will open you up to, to have a huge impact and, and not make ego driven decisions. And then, you know, try and do the biggest thing possible. What, what is the, the thing that's going to move the needle for you as quick as possible? I think, you know, we're, we're kind of conditioned as to this, like nine to five, do the same thing every day. We don't really think about like, how do I do three months of work in, two weeks. Like we're not really conditioned towards thinking that way or, you know, how do I make this, what's the one thing I can do this year to to have an impact that's been larger than the last previous five years combined? Um, and, and that's really, I think, the way that you need to think to be super successful in business is to play four-dimensional chess and, and think about how you can have the most impact over time with a consistency of discipline, but also just a desire to see how much you can squeeze out of life.
0: How you nailed it. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's, um, you know, listening to your passion, uh, uh, and when you're, when you're passionate about it, uh, you want to work at it. Like it comes easy. It doesn't feel like work and, and it does, it is so meaningful too. Like it it feels like you're doing what you're meant to be and it comes easy. It's not like clocking in for a nine to five. Um, So it really is like tapping into that, to that passion. Just exactly like you're saying, man, tell me about that triple seven project.
1: Yeah. You know, I've been, that's, that's been my recent initiative here personally uh, is I'm beating the media drum on, on this thing that we're doing to, break a world record of jumping into all seven continents, seven skydives, hopefully in seven days. Um, and you know, we talk about the, why, why would you, why do that thing besides just to break a world record? But, um, we're trying to you know, raise awareness and, and do something within our community, uh, that gives, gives back to people the most. And so we're using this as a medium to raise $7 million for folds of honor and Folds of Honor essentially uh, gives funds and scholarships to Gold Star family members of mm-hmm. anyone that was killed in the line of duty, whether that be mm-hmm. overseas in the military or domestically in uh, first responder ca- capacity. So, you know, you look at this stuff and it's it's another one of those things where it's uh, a big, hairy, audacious goal, as we like to call it, you know, not only trying to do this physical feat of skydiving but also raise a a ton of funds and awareness around an organization that has a huge foundational imprint on where our nation is and people that we can't take care of enough so uh i'm you know just (laughs) so internally grateful that i've found myself in this position where i can be doing these things
0: man that is amazing yeah um Man, really giving back to the families and um, giving back to the military, like, uh, just couldn't have a better cause. Um, And and what an amazing thing you, you guys are doing, like really, really giving back to your community, really giving back to the people you care about. And you know, trying to find the shortcomings or downfalls with with how the families are cared for, or whatever the situation. I don't know much about it, but it sounds like you guys are stepping in where you're needed, where you're needed most. And um, man, and and just how how passionate you are for the project—that's amazing. Um, so so, how can people follow along? How can people donate? Uh, how how can people uh, get involved?
1: Yeah, on social media, the uh, way to follow along is triple seven. Uh, expedition and that's the same on on all the social media if you search for that and then uh, donations page is triple seven word triple number seven dot givesmart.com and we still got a long ways to go before we get that seven million dollars so it's it's going to be a fun ride raising all these funds and seeing the impact that it has over time and you know as we were you know, I got invited to, to be a part of this essentially. And when I was thinking about, you know, why and how it could be impactful, it's really cool to think we like, we don't really have a very, uh, deep plan as America, you know, very rarely do you hear somebody talk about a, a hundred year plan or, you know, I want my great, 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 great grandkids to, to live in a world like this. Um, it, especially with how short our attention spans are these days, it doesn't seem like that's a way that we look at the world anymore. Uh, and I think that's not necessarily a great thing. And I was thinking about the impact that this will have. And it's, it's really a generational impact because so many of the people who will be receiving funds are young right now. Uh, and we put this money in a pot for you know just like social security where it comes out when people need it when they get to age where they're going to be hitting the world and and wanting to go make an impact we're going to have something there to make sure that that they get off to a good start and i think that's huge and i think that as long as we continue helping people from this we're going to be able to like Oh, we did, we did a lot of good for many generations and, and it's not every day that you get to think about it that way. And I think that that's really what got me wanting to, to do this is the impact that it can have for years to come.
0: Yeah, man, that's, um, that's an interesting perspective to look at things that way. I don't know that I've ever done that thought experiment, but you're, you're right. And it's, it's just nice, um, to know that this is a project you guys are so passionate about. Sometimes it's tough. Like, I, um,. You know, I I do really well, and so I like to give back. And I you know I'll give back to my local community when somebody's in need, or like the I like donating my money to like the bow hunting associations that really protect our seasons and uh you know fight for bow hunting rights. And then you know there's like some there's like some causes that I that I'm back and forth on or don't know, but that's definitely a cause I can get behind. Like you guys are so passionate, and that that money is like generational. It is gonna help those kids, and it's gonna give them a chance chance and a chance at a at a better life and and not a handout. It's like, okay, we're gonna help you out with college, you know, and so you can go and work hard towards your dreams or your goals or doing what you love to do and you can become that and we're gonna help in that journey, you know. So um, man, that's amazing. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely gonna, um, get on there and donate, man. What a great cause. And I love like the giant challenge too, right? Like you guys didn't throw yourself a softball either. <laughs> like, um, you guys are going for it. You're all in. And that's, you know, that's one of the beautiful things in life. Like you've said it a couple times about these challenges and like really setting forth a tough challenge. And I I think, um, it's so rewarding. Like that's what I find you know, through like these, these bow hunting challenges is really setting lofty goals of really difficult animals, like different species and different habitats and different experiences, like going to, you know, to like New Zealand and hunting the Southern Alps for tar, all self-guided, just, you know, go over there and disappear with a backpack into public ground, or even the, like the lower 48 is like the coolest stuff going, you know, the high country mule deer in that super extreme terrain or uh, mountain goats or like, they're all just different and it it seems like uh you set this big challenge, and then you have to put in the work to make it come to fruition, right so just like you guys set up this big challenge, but now you guys have to get all your training and all the jumps and all the logistics, and then you know have to get the financial backing have to get the word out about it like now you guys are in like uh uh you know in the middle or in the midst of like trying to make this huge lofty goal a reality and make it happen, and then capture the whole thing for us to. For us to watch, you know, I don't know how you guys will capture it as far as um, uh, the jumps and things, but I'm sure you guys will come out with a vid or like a. Uh, you guys are so good with your content that there's no doubt that you guys are capturing every second of it. But man, what a what an awesome what what an awesome thing you guys are doing.
1: Yeah, you know it's interesting because uh, we're doing like, uh, you know, kind of modern media activation around this thing to where there'll be long form and short form and, and everything. And so we're working on a couple of videos to get out on the Black Rifle Coffee specific uh, kind of YouTube platform. And then there's a long form documentary that's getting done. And the guy that's leading up that project uh, was, I believe he was the director of uh, the Blair Witch Project. Oh, wow. So that's wild. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you got all these like weird things that are coming together. Um, and who knows what the output is going to be. Right. And then, you know, in line with what you said, as far as being in the middle of it and, and trying to accomplish this, you don't know, you don't know what's going to be on the other side of that. And that's when it gets really interesting is, you know, we're going to, we're going to do this. It's going to be awesome. And then, who, who knows what's going to be the next thing that comes down the line? And, you know, I use this as an example of, like, I wouldn't have been able to to think this way had I not gotten into skydiving. But, like, now my goal is, which this couldn't have been a goal for me before, but I want to I skydive into landlocked BLM land and, and hunt that backpack style, like, on my own, like, a complete solo hunt into an area that I couldn't normally get to and document that process for what it's like. And, man, that's when you see the stuff that can come out of these, these times and these missions that we take where we're putting ourselves in uncomfortable positions and everybody's like, well, you know, the true purpose is on the other side of uncomfortability, but it really is. And it's, it's one of those things to where, We all kind of have to define it ourselves, but you can be damn sure that on the other side of it, something positive will come to fruition through it.
0: Yeah, that's where where our growth comes from. That's, like, how we're getting better at things. And, yeah, once you – I love how you talk about it. Like, once you you reach this, who knows what's on the other side? Who knows what's next? And you're almost talking about it as, like, a building block to build something even greater, uh, which is amazing. Like, it is, like – Oh, and I love the idea, by the way, of like uh, of parachuting down into some landlocked BLM man. I think that's awesome. Yeah, um, that's definitely next level. That's something that's out of my skill set, you know. And sometimes you gotta uh, uh, use what you're given or use like your advantage, uh, uh, you know, in different ways. And it sounds like you've been learning. I was gonna ask you how good you were at jumping out of planes, but it sounds like you're getting pretty good at it.
1: Well, it's uh, there's a lot of practice that's gone into it over the course of, uh, the last little while here, but, uh, how much are you jumping? Um, a lot, a lot, (laughs) almost, you know, I'm maybe taking a week off as far as getting jumps in, but, um, this, this whole year has pretty much been filled with it. And then we've got our, our second round of training coming up here, uh, next week in Arizona with CPS complete parachute man. solutions uh and these these are the same guys that train our military you know and uh so it is very humbling just to be able to be in a circumstance where you're working with these types of individuals it's it's like uh you're getting a master class and canopy control and how cool is that
0: oh man you've just immersed yourself in it that is super cool yeah you are all in um Man, that's wild, so um, so you've gotta like um it it seems like you know what, whatever it is in life, like um like like on these tough hunts, I know I'm always thinking about the dangers and how I'm gonna overcome overcome 'em, like I live in thick grizzly bear country and how I'm gonna do with grizzly bear encounters and um you know i bow hunt black bears and what i'm gonna do like i've had a couple come at me in charge and so really practicing and learning with my pistol work and control like the first black bear that came at me it was embarrassing like uh, especially talking to someone with you like you that's so proficient at it but you know i'm an archery guy and i really work to hone my craft and be able to execute with my bow be clutching those scenarios and make good shots when it came to pistol it was just like well I'll go out and shoot a little bit. I I know where it hits and I just wasn't putting in the work. And so I had, I had stuck this black bear that was like 30 yards and I double lunged him. And he like, if, if you've, you've probably hunted bears before, but they're not like other ungulates. Like when you hit them with an arrow, like they don't just run away, they spin and bite at the arrow and roar like a lion or, you know, and they, and yeah. and they're just aggressive when you hit them. And so I hit this bear 30 yards, double lung, great shot out of this meadow but I was like on his escape route. And so he spun around and he came down his escape route, but he was coming right at me. And so I was forced to drop my bow and pull my pistol, this pistol that I haven't practiced with. Like I, I haven't practiced as much as I should, we'll say, and I haven't built a shooting process with it. And so under stress, like I'm sure military, uh, you learn like, like, so like shooting under stress is a different beast. And so Uh, I shot, I think, nine times. I think I hit that bear twice and grazed him once. And thank goodness I had, like, an arrow through his lungs or it could have got really Western. But it made me realize that I I need to work with my pistol and build this shooting process. So, like, I imagine, like, jumping, you guys have to prepare for, like, worst-case scenario when things go wrong. Dude, have you had any sketchy situations? Or are you prepared for these sketchy situations up in the air? Yeah, I mean... We're as much as we
1: possibly can um, in in do safety right. Like <clears throat> it's one of those things. Uh, it's already a pet rattlesnake, and <laughs> they are very prone to biting. Uh, so managing this is is a huge thing. M- much like you know going black bear hunting. That's that's kind of a uh, a pet rattlesnake in and of itself, right? In um, you know, similar to your situation, uh, we don't know what we don't know. And, and so we have to do the task, uh, as much as we possibly can so that we do know how to do it successfully. Right. Um, and that's exactly why we're, we're getting ready to do some more trainings and, and why I've been jumping so much. Um, but no, they're like, there really hasn't been any sketchy things. Um, there's, that's the, exact opposite that we want to avoid, you know, and there, there has been, you know, learning, uh, things that that have caused like, oh, well you should have done this. And like, Mm -hmm. technically you may not have thought about it in the moment, but it was, uh, potentially dangerous or it could have led to this, uh, if, because you're not aware of it. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. for example, um, you know, one of the drop zones that we go to, um, You know if you're doing a group skydive which we'll be doing uh you immediately you you link up typically and then before you pull your canopy you have to separate through uh this position called tracking and like you have to track a certain direction and you not only have to get away from the people that you are flying with but also people other flyers that are along the same jump run and so there's all these little details that you really don't get until you open up your circle of awareness um and basically what i've been working towards is um as it sits right now like i know what my my comfortability is within my circle of awareness within this this sport right and so if conditions are X, Y, and Z, like I'm comfortable doing this thing. And, and so that's where I have to be really honest with myself and not let ego get involved where it's like if the conditions aren't within what I'm okay with. Uh, I, I need to think about actually doing it. You know what I mean? And I at least have those parameters for myself so that <clears throat> I know that I can have the confidence go, going into the task, right? And so it's really been about preparing it from that mental standpoint of like, okay, here's, here's what I'm comfortable with. Here's my known knowns. And I am confident that I'm going to execute based on my known knowns. Now, if we get to a country and it's like 30 miles an hour wind and it's gusting, I'm like, no way, man, like not doing it. And it's really just defining what those things are for myself and kind of continually like pushing those out. So it's like, well, does anybody have comfortability in those types of wins or is it just me and my skill level? And like, then you start to find out what the thresholds are for the sport. And like, it has all this growth attached to it in, in this unique way. But outside of this specific thing, um, skydiving has been very similar to, to hunting in a sense that you have to be, uh, you have to be super prepared. Like you have to have, all your keys crossed and eyes dotted, uh, in order to be successful. It's not going to be one of those things where you're just going to show up, uh, and be super successful. If you're doing like, you know, an intense hunt, like you're going to need to study, you're going to need to know what you're getting involved in. And, and that's, that's really fun. That's when we get better.
0: Hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, it makes sense that, um, that you don't want sketchy situations. You want to control as much as you can control. But yeah, I like like the way you're talking. It's um, it's like all those decisions have such huge consequences, and so you're forced to really live in the moment and really think quick and you have to, like, like you have to live and die by your decisions that you make, you know, and you have to make a hundred decisions on a jump. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's learning the right way and how to keep it safe and what you're going to do when this potential comes up. I just think of like, like you guys have to be trained to to cut away your shoot and use your secondary shoot at times like uh, that, that, um, uh, uh, that that makes my palms sweat just thinking about it. You know yeah. that is so gnarly. But you're you're right in that that's like very rare. And you control this whole situation and control everything you can control, and then know what your moves are if something doesn't go right. And, and I, like like hearing you talk about it, it sounds like a lot of it is this decision making, like whether you're going to jump or not, or knowing your thresholds, like learning what you're capable of and what you're not. And in that case, you really don't want to push past your limits because you do have these, these consequences. And so, um, man, that's just, um, that's, it, it's wild when there's that much on the line to your decision making process. And, and I also love how you tied it back into bow, honey. I've been, um, Comparing this whole conversation or anything we talk about business, and I compare it back to bow hunting or how it relates to me, and it's it's wild. Like once you, once you see this path in things, or that once you see this. This, this way, you know, like you can transpose those skills into all different facets in life. And I really think like being a good bow hunter has taught me, you know, all these different life lessons that then I can apply in other facets of my life into my business or into my family or into, uh, you know, different, different things that I want to do. Like in your case, skydiving, which is wild. Now you can go all in, follow your passion and learn everything you can about skydiving. And I, I also love like the training work you're putting in. Like, man, you are all in jumping nonstop going to these training courses you're just you're like experience is the best teacher and that's what you're getting in spades even though you are so busy and have so many things to do it's like a priority to you like to know that you're safe and know that you can do you know this huge goal you have to put in the work and that's like that discipline you were talking about again how that that discipline just plays a part in these uh these roles in our life or these things that we choose in our life that you really can Like, I'm not the smartest guy out there, but I know if I apply myself, I'm passionate about it, I learn everything I can learn, like, I can figure anything out. And that's, like, exactly what you guys are doing now, even though, you know, you weren't born in a skydiving suit or born below a parachute.
1: Yeah, man, I, uh, you nail head, you hit it. Um, And that's uh, something that I think we figured out, especially all a lot of the guys in the military um if if you do said hard thing uh it leads to doing a whole bunch of other stuff but you're it's so much easier to do those other things because you've experienced x the hard thing and and that's really what <clears throat> i think is fun about media and developing media around this stuff is that what you just said like that you could bottle that up as far as like, you know, you have to put yourself in an uncomfortable positions and things that we physically want to pursue in order to get, you know, very valid life lessons that we teach ourselves essentially. Uh, it, and man, that's such a great, that may be the one of the best life lessons is that that you can learn within that and the pursuit of that. And it'll be really fun to, you know, it, I think it's very challenging because it's, it's something that seems so far out in left field for so many people. Like, oh, I'll never skydive. And, and, and hunting is probably that way for a lot of people, but yet we still tell stories about hunting and, and try and draw other people, other like-minded people towards it. Uh, is, it is a challenge for you to like, Hey, come along this journey with me and let, let me share what these things are teaching me and, and how I'm applying this to, to other parts of my life. and, and what I'm doing and, and how you can take the framework of that and, and make your own life better. I, I think that's a noble prospect no matter what your profession.
0: Man, it's so it. Yeah. Good on you. And man, <clears throat> you guys have killed it this, this season. Um, there's a, a lot of bow hunting getting done over there at BRCC and I saw like a, well, you don't take on the easy species. I think I saw that you were hunting axis and antelope like those are two of the toughest with the bow and arrow.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You
0: know, I, I, <laughs> for I just, punishment. I, I,
1: can't help I can't help myself, you know? Um, God, I, Hawaii axis was such a amazing, I can, it's like, I'm looking at that view right now, uh, with the ocean on one side and the mountains on the other. But, uh, you know, I really didn't eat too much access until I got to Texas. And then I was like, what is this? I want to eat this every day. Um, and then you learn just the amount of access that are on Hawaii. And and so that, that made the, the pipe dream bucket list real quick. And I got a chance to go down and do that this year and also do some fishing. And, and I, it was, it was one of those hunts where you find a uh, good success almost faster than you think you deserve. Um, <laughs> but it came along, like you got some really good, You got some really good lessons along the way, and um, one of those uh, one of those things that ended up coming in into pronghorn was the first frontal shot with a bow I took was on this axis in Hawaii, and you know having an ethical kill is like the most important thing in my mind when you're being talking about a successful hunt, and man, this thing went down right away. Um, and so I got like this, this confidence, um, that, that, that was a good kill shot, which I always like, have you know, it's one of those, those tools that you get to put in your toolbox, uh, which is awesome. You want as many of those as you can get. Um, but also in the same, I remember I, I almost lost my opportunity because I was, I was knelt under this tree in the shadows and I, when I went to draw back, I, my top of my bow hit one of these uh, branches and it was just enough to like get the axis to pick its head up and like take notice. But like, I probably had a couple more seconds before that thing took off because it was staring directly at me because I I brushed that. But it, you know, now I've got this, this takeaway, like, you know, 360 awareness uh, before you pull that bow back, just like you are kind of, if you're doing a blind hunt, you know, (laughs)
0: yeah the, the devil's in the details in that spot the yeah. stocking isn't it it's like and, and you get one of those things wrong and it a lot of times it bites you but you came out on top on that one you know you were already at full draw so you didn't have any more movement quartering towards and yeah that that quartering towards like it can be a great shot if you know the angle and it's a small spot that you have to hit it's a smaller spot than a broadside or a quartering away so I like those shots closer but boy when you put that arrow in that right spot they're not going anywhere it's as quick and clean of a kill as you can get on those things but um man it doesn't get any better like access on hawaii same way i did it once like i'll do these hunts kind of dream up like a, like this bucket list hunt that I want to do. And, and I've actually made some really good friends out there in Hawaii. They'll come out here elk hunting with me. In fact, I'm going to meet up with them uh, this weekend. We're going to be hunting uh rutting mule deer, but um, uh, so I've made these friends out there and then they'll host me out there and just so generous. Like they just offer up their rig and their houses to stay at. They take me to their best hunting zones and they've really taught me a lot about access. And you know bow hunting skill transposes to different species but when you're in a totally new habitat like Hawaii and there's so there's so many different habitats within Hawaii like you could be hunting the thick in the trees under the canopy thick grass or it could be wide open down to the ocean fairly open country with rolling hills and so you get like these different habitats but man those things are as switched on as any deer out there and and i fell in love with hunting them just like i did deer elk like during the rut and and vocal and they're about the size of a white tail and have the horns like shaped like an elk and then like you said the meat is so good just like a so tender and such great flavor. You know, antelope has been the long favorite of my house. But once I started hunting Axis deer on Hawaii, that quickly made the number one on the list, you know? And so, uh man, I'm yeah. with you. It's a wild adventure to go out there and chase those and chase those mouflon And you're right about the population. Like twenty thousand Axis deer on Lanai alone, eighty thousand on Maui. Like they have to be hunted out there and yeah. um it it's just um like some of these species that adapt to their habitat like that, they just feel so naturally suited. So they're, You know, they're uh, an introduced species out there, but they were introduced in, like, the 1600s to King Kamehameha, man. So, like, they come from India and from avoiding Bengal tigers, but they just adapted to this, like, tropical habitat so well. They're perfectly suited for it. And, man, they are so switched on out there. Like, it's no easy feat to arrow one. Like, you did good out there, man. You, like, made your stocks count, and then you made a great shot when you had the chance, and he was still there when your arrow got there. Uh, like, you killed it, man. Um, so fun, aren't they?
1: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I don't know. I, I'm i so back and forth now after um, getting my first pronghorn uh, this summer. Man, those backstraps were a game changer for me. And I'm kind of in this, like, juggling match between pronghorn and Axis and Elk. <laughs> me too. And it's
0: like, I don't
1: know man, I don't know what's better. I don't know if I can pick. I don't know if I want to pick. But for, you know, me being a newbie hunter, um, man, I I just get so much out of this, this pursuit of, of new species. And, and especially with all of the the physical stuff going on in my life and making sure that staying physical is, is such a big part so that, you know, I, I look at, I go to all these different lodges and I'm like, man, there's like 80 year old dudes out here like hucking it and still getting after it. I'm like, that's what I want to be. Like that's what I want to do when I'm 80. Like I want to be in the mountains hunting and there's no reason that that can't be the case, you know? And, and so when I think about like, man, I want to, you know, when I think about fitness and, you know, a big part of that mission and goal is to, to fucking being able to hook up those mountains when I'm 80. And so it's like, Put in the work now so that that can hopefully be a reality way down the line. But, you know, if you're going to build a body using the meat that you kill, like there's just no better circle of life to me um, than taking these things that give you not only a ton within the experience, but in the aftermath of eating them, you know, you essentially take them and build muscle on your own and they become a part of you for as long as you live. Like, how cool is that? Like, I, what an awesome relationship to your food!
0: Oh, dude, the coolest! It's the best, and especially when it's such prized meat. And yeah, I had like um, I have this trippy shot, uh, uh, trippy thought that I'm gonna share with you. So it's like uh, you know, out and I killed my antelope this year. It was late in the season, like around my local spots weren't as good, so I had to travel a little bit further. And so I kill this antelope, you know, the sun setting as I'm butchering it, and I get it all field processed and um, loaded up in my backpack, and I'm hiking out of this spot, you know, and it's this great antelope buck that I just had this, like, exhilarating hunt, made a great shot on it, killed him spot and stock the way I like, like, um, it was amazing. And as I'm walking out, I'm having that thought that you had, but I almost went a touch deeper with it. So it's like... We are like it like the, the animals that we harvest. They do build the muscle that then fuels us to these. But even more so, like every place that we hunt, that becomes part of us. Like this antelope prairie that I'm hunting where this, this antelope was able to carve out a living for five years, six years and avoid all these predators. He lived off the grass that I'm walking in these mountains. I can see like he carved out his living right here. And now I consume his meat. Now this part of the prairie, this place where I killed this antelope, this super special place to me is now a part of me for like the next year. That's what's going to be fueling my. All right, guys, that's a wrap. Oh, sorry, the uh, recording ended so abruptly there. I'm in my new rental here recording, and the internet decided to get fickle right towards the end of our conversation. But uh, it was a great one with Logan. Uh, I really appreciate his time and enjoyed sitting down with him. Um, I didn't mean to end on my my out-there, hippy-trippy thought of we are the... The places that we hunt, but it's so true, you know. We're hunting these places and these landscapes and uh, harvest these animals that live off these uh, grasses and uh, live in this 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 range or in this this habitat, and then you know it sustains me for the next year, me and my family. So we really are these places that we hunt, uh, which is a a wild thought to end a podcast on, but I I do enjoy sharing that or thinking that way, anyways. So thanks to Logan for coming on. Thanks to black rifle coffee company and all their support. Uh, Make sure to go check out uh, uh, the, the cause these guys are working towards. Um, They're, they're doing it right now. The, the jumps and the different continents and things really interesting. And uh, I just love where they put their support back in the hunting community and, and back in the military community and hiring veterans and, um, just such a great company and I love their coffee. It's the best tasting coffee out there. So make sure to check out their coffee subscriptions. Uh, I'm a part of it. I love it. I don't got to think about getting coffee and I get the best roasts that show up right at my doorstep. So really enjoy that. I love their instant coffee. It works really good for all my backpacking adventures. So thanks to those guys. Thanks to Logan and everything they do. Um, I also want to thank Stone Glacier. Man, I really like those guys in there. I really like their gear. So using their sleeping bag, their Sky Air Ultra, and also that Skyscraper 2 person. Um, And they're always coming out with new stuff. So uh, pumped to see what they come out with this year. Uh, Also using that 30 degree bag for early season hunts. So um, that's a money bag as well. So uh, check those guys out and give them some support and uh, tell them you heard them on um, Eastman's Elevated Podcast. That'll bring some weight to the podcast. Also want to thank Black Ovis, a great internet retail store. They have absolutely everything you need for your hunts. Make sure to check them out and also check out the Camo Fire app, uh, the most addictive app with 80 new hunting deals every 24 hours. Also, make sure to check us out at Eastman's and everything we do. Uh, you guys know the spiel and the different things we're doing with the Mule Deer course and uh, Tag Hub and um, uh, the magazines and Beyond the Grid. Uh, talk about it in every episode. So make sure to go check that out and um, show us some support. And with that, man, thanks to you, thanks to you guys and um, support of the podcast. Um, we're cruising here trying to um, uh, trying to finish out the year strong, get you guys some good recordings. I got some good ones coming up so really pumped to release those to you guys, and um, man, I'm just pushing like a wild man here on the house, it's really coming together nice, and i um, really excited to move me and my family in there, so um, yeah, just grinding, hundreds and hundreds of man hours, just grinding, so we'll get uh, you guys out this podcast today, my buddy Dan, um, he's coming down, uh, gonna help me with some plumbing today, so um, next couple days, really, so Uh, We'll start knocking that out, and um, I will start to release some pictures here, take some pictures of the house. It's coming out really good. I'm so proud. Uh, Just uh, just taking time. So I'm going to keep grinding on that. I'm going to get this house done, get my life back here uh, next couple months, so really excited for that. Um, Man, thanks, you guys, for all the support. I really appreciate it. Thanks for all the downloads. Um, Thanks for pushing it on social media. And, uh, man, we'll just keep this thing cruising. We're building a great community. So um, thanks, you guys. I appreciate you. And uh, with that, I'll check in with you next week.